Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello Australia, Glenn James here. Thanks for joining us on My Millennial Money today. Hey guys, you know that sometimes we do these episodes called My Millennial Story and we get people who listen to the podcast, we get professionals and we get people like you. I was going to say, today we've got none of that for you. (laughs) Today, I don't know what we're doing here, but we're here and uh, like... Do people just call you Matt or all right, hey? All right, hey is what most people... Like, if someone comes up to me and says and wants to introduce themselves, they'll say, are you all right, hey? Yeah. Um, and, and a lot like, of people don't no, know. I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. Call the ambulance. I'm not right. <laughs> No, I'm not all right, actually. I'm yeah. very, mentally and physically not all right. Mm. Um, but I, a lot of people don't even realise that Matt is my real name. Mm. They don't know what my real name is because I don't really use it on the internet. Mm. But, of course, everybody in my life calls me Matt, so... And we're actually recording in Sydney in some corporate ivory tower and there's 15 layers of security to get in and they needed everyone's details and DNA strand to get permission. It was a big show. And I said to Rach, I'm like, you just need to get his full name. She's like, his surname's Hay. I'm like, oh, all right. So there you go. It all makes sense. (laughs) So are you ready to have a chat about your life, your money, your everything? And we'll answer some listener questions while we're at it. Yeah, sure. I want to start by saying that I feel like podcasts are like a bit off the record. I always say too much in a podcast. So, you know, like... (laughs) I think every second podcast, I'm like, well, that will cancel me. (laughs) (laughs) Literally my life. All right, let's get it on. Okay, so, all right, hey... What are we dealing with? You can with? call me Matt if it's okay. more comfortable for you. No, I'm whatever. Whatever. What do you reckon, Matt? What are we all about? What do you mean, what are we all about? Who are you? If someone were like, who's this guy? Without saying what your job is or what your source of income is, who's Matt Hay? Well, Matt Hay is Australia's biggest Glamazon. That's how I'd describe it. Um a big show. I mean, it's hard to say what you do without saying what you do. Mm. I'll be honest, whenever somebody asks and I don't want to explain what I do, I just say, I work in social media, you yeah. know, and then if the Uber driver is still pressing questions, I just start making up words like, you know, it's got a lot to do with analytics and data and, you know, marketing and whatnot and insights and engagement. And then they go, all right, too boring. And they move on. So, so I'm like, we just chatted like for five minutes before we press record you said you're also from the central coast where i'm from yes i'm so i'm pretty much a bogan normie who doesn't know anything right 
What's a glamazon? Oh, is it glamazon? <laughs> yeah, glamazon. Yeah, Australia's biggest glamazon. So uh, basically, a glamazon is just like a a word for someone who is just so glam, big show, big show energy. You know, I uh, wear a lot of fabulous outfits. I borderline on the on. I'm on the border of like drag queen. You know what I mean? Not really a drag queen. I have dabbled in drag before, performed in drag, but it's not exactly like ex- what I want to do. It was a lot of fun, but just the outfits that I wear. I wear a lot of makeup and, you know, back in the day when I was on YouTube, because I started on YouTube years ago Mm. and everybody kind of had a tagline. And I remember being on a live stream once and my followers just like came up with that tagline in a live stream and then it stuck. And that's kind of like the brand that I went with. And um, yeah, it just means someone who absolutely oozes glam and is fabulous and, uh, you know, confident and yeah. So when so growing up on the central coast like what was life like growing up for someone who was fabulous and maybe didn't know it at the time or you know some heights high this is I love this where Chris Lily like some of the kids would be like mum and he would be like mum yes so like <laughs> basically that <laughs> it's funny because I see my a, a lot of uh, Mr Jean myself yeah. um I Definitely growing up on the Central Coast was very hard, very difficult, being as fabulous as I am and uh, going to a public school on the Central Coast. Um, And I had uh, so many reasons for kids to bully me. I like to say that there were four main reasons. Fat, gay, colourblind, and my dad was the school principal. Oh, jeez. So, no, I got really lucky um, and... It was like they had a pamphlet every morning to be mm. like, mm, what will we bully him for today? Let's go with mm, colorblind. Chapter seven, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was very difficult, but I always kind of just uh, just lived my life. Like mm. I didn't really, really mind. I just kind of like was who I was and I was like, deal with it. Mm. So you're basically leaving school. What did you do for work? Because, you know, it, a, lo- a lot of the time it isn't, I leave school, my Instagram blows up and I can make money online. Mm. Like, what was your uh, career path? And <laughs> how old are you now? I am 27. Yeah. Which um, is very scary. I still want to say 22. Yeah, so It's been five years since mm. then. <laughs> um, so, I'm 27 years old. So, I've been out of school. Uh, it's 2022. I graduated in 2012. So, I've been out of school for 10 years this year. And uh, when I left school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I wasn't very good uh, academically in school. Like, I was good academically, but then in tests and, you know, writing and everything like that just bored me. I didn't mm. want to do that. I was much more of a creative person. So, it got to the end of year 12, just before our final exam exams in year 12 and something, I don't know what, but it sparked in me that I wanted to be a speech pathologist and help kids talk and help uh, children and people with speech impediments and stuff. That's just like what I was hyper fixated on and was like, that's what I'm going to do. But because I hadn't done very well in school, I worked it out and the the ATAR that I would get from my final exams would never allow me to, like, it was estimated I'd get like a 70 and I needed like a 92. And so I was like, well, that dream got crushed before it even started and I wasn't able to do that. And so after school, I just kind of rode the wave a little bit. I was um, working a l- for a little bit and then uh, in just in a call centre in Sydney, um, I was I actually was working at McDonald's. I got a job at McDonald's when I was 19 years old and uh, <laughs> a late bloomer there um, <laughs> and I, I enjoyed it. Like it was okay. Um, I'd still recommend getting a job at McDonald's to anyone who wants a job or needs a okay. job. 
if it's late of a day and I need a coffee, mm. I'll get a because a, like I've got. I'll show you this. Right, this is this is how tragic I am. Oh, I bought a book for you. Oh, thank you. you oh, how exciting! Um, <laughs> I got this coffee from downstairs because we're at Barangaroo, everyone, and there's like a Toby's Estate store in the bottom of every tower, mm-hmm. and. Um, this is a special release Panama, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like $30 for 200 grams. So, yeah. you know, bougie coffee. But as much as a bougie coffee head I am, I'm a trash bag. <laughs> and I was driving through McDonald's last night. I'm like, if I just need a coffee and it's late, I go to Macca's and I get my soy caramel latte. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw on the sign, they're like, we're hiring. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if I applied, would they hire me? Well, it depends on what your hours are because they're-, they're oh, I'm flexible. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that that was the, the, that was the part that got me is I was like, they were like, when can you work? And I was like, literally whenever. <laughs> and the shifts that I got were literally whenever because we were 24 hours. So, I was doing lots of overnights, yeah. um, you know, working up until 6am and I was doing day shifts and opens and everything. So- um, yeah, like I feel like if they, if your McDonald's is hiring and you need a job, it's, <laughs> I mean, life is as good as you want to make it, I think. I like that. I yeah. am a very positive person. I'm, a, well, I mean, I'm not an optimist, but I'm just like more of a realist. I'm not, yeah. a, I'm just not a negative person though. Yeah. I'm not a pessimist. Like I went into every shift just being like, today's going to be a good day. And even if it wasn't, you you know, you leave and you leave your work behind and you, you have hash brown. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you had all the hacks as well. The hash, hash brown in um, the hot cake syrup. Oh, life changing. Everyone has to try that at least once. And then if you get really daring, you can put a hash brown in the chocolate sundae syrup. Mm. Oh, so, sorry. Um, working at McDonald's, that's the one thing I miss is all the all the life hacks, all the food hacks that you can do. Mm. So, 19, Macca's, still kind of working out what's this thing all about. Uh-huh. Um, then where did we, we go? So, it wasn't until 2015 when I started my YouTube channel. And for the first couple of years, probably for the first two years, like there was, it was just a hobby. It was just something that I liked doing. My friends always told me one of two things. You either need to start a YouTube channel or go on Big Brother. And Big mm. Brother was cancelled. So I started a YouTube channel yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was uploading videos for a couple of years. And then it started, you know, I started getting invited to red carpet, started working with brands, started to like get my face out there. So I was invited to a lot of events and like people started to know who I was and that just like gained a little bit more traction. I took on management. And so I had a manager who was getting me more work and charging way more than I ever would have charged. You know, mm. I was working with brand brands way, this is way back in like 2016, mm. you know, a brand would come to me and I'd be like, mm, I don't know, I'll charge you $200 for that. And then I got with management and they're like, oh no, that's going to be $3,000. Wow. And you know, I'm just like, I didn't realize I could be charging like that much for brand collaborations and things like that. So that really sort of like brought the money in. So then I decided what I would do is go down from full-time at McDonald's to just 10 hours a week and go part-time. And uh, what I did was I just like worked on my social media every pretty much every spare minute that I had. And then I just have my two five-hour shifts a week at McDonald's and the other five days a week I'd work on social media and stuff like that. So you were almost a textbook case of side hustle and then slowly change over. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Mm. And I probably could have left McDonald's earlier, but I think that in the back of my head, like I had my dad (laughs) saying, don't quit your job yet. Like you're not quite there yet. And so I always just kept McDonald's as a little bit of security 
um, before I transitioned into full-time social media. Um, but yeah, I just like kind of kept it there just so at least I knew I had some money coming in each week. Mm, Yeah. Wow. And what was money like for you growing up? Um, for me personally, like my dad had the, the, uh, the understanding that if you like, once you're able to earn money, you go out and earn it. Like as soon as you're eligible to get a job, like 14 and nine months or whatever it is these days, my dad was like, well, that's it from me. (laughs) You're going to get a job. And that's what I did. I had so many jobs. I worked at like Domino's. I worked in like carnivals, like on the clowns, you know, where you put the ball in the clown's mouth. Like I worked at the carnival. I worked in perfume stores. I worked in fast food. I worked in fashion. I worked in call centers. I I believe it's fashion. Fashion. Yeah, I worked in fashion. (laughs) And uh, I just did everything always kind of customer service based roles. Um, and yeah, I just always worked. There was a period of my life where I was unemployed for so long, probably nine months. Wow. And I wasn't on any like benefits or anything like that. Cause my parents earned too much. And like, I mean, granted I was still living with my um, dad at the time rent free. Thank you, dad. Love you for that. But you know, still no, like um, he was just like, go and get a job. Mm. Like if you want money, uh, go and get a job. But we were very privileged. We didn't have like everything in life, but we definitely didn't struggle. Um, and I definitely acknowledge that, that, um, you know, I grew up unlike a lot of the people who I went to school with who had like no money. Um, we, yeah, I can't, I can't complain basically mm. is what I'm saying. And what has your relationship with uh, like debt been the last 10 years? Well, I have only ever taken out one loan and that was to buy my car. And at the time, I was driving a little Holden Barina that was just... Beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, not the best car to be driving. It seemed to have a problem every couple months and, you know, taking it to the mechanic. And this time it's $300 to get it fixed. This time it's 700 And oh, now we've got a $3,000 cost to get it fixed. And now it's $500. And it just like kept so, mu- so much. And I worked out that in the last 12 months, I was like, if I hadn't spent all that money on that car, I probably could have had half the savings to like buy a brand new one. And anyway, I had my heart set on a dream car, which was a Mazda 3, a red Mazda 3. And uh, I went and got a loan from the bank uh, because I wasn't eligible for finance because I had gone down to my 10 hours a week at McDonald's by by this point. So they were like, "Mm, we can't give you finance. So I went to the bank and uh, got a loan for a brand new car and uh, yeah, bought the Mazda. And that was the only time I've ever had a loan. Um, I got a seven-year variable and... uh, I don't know why. I don't know if that was a good decision or not. But it Probably worked, not, worked, but it was, a, it was a decision nevertheless. Worked, yeah, it worked for me at the time. And um, anyway, it only took me... Uh, I was determined to pay it off. It took me three years to pay it off. Oh, awesome. And um, I probably could have paid it off a lot faster. But I don't know why. I just had this, like, this attitude. Like, uh, one of my friends was telling me, like, just pay it off. Like, you've got the money to just, like, put it on the loan, mm. get rid of it. And, you know, this is about around the time that I was reading things like Barefoot Investor and things like that. And they're saying, like, get your debt down. I don't know why, but I just couldn't bring myself to just, like, put that lump sum, like, on the loan. I would just be like, and just, like, pay it off. For some reason, it just worked nicely for me to know that, like, $150 was just, like, going towards it every week by itself automatically. But that's the, you know, you've touched on the psychology of money, right? Yeah. Like, we know that not having debt, is good, mm. but the pain of wiping out some of my savings yes. is 
bad, quote unquote. So it's just that psychology bit, isn't it? Yeah. So I definitely just like enjoyed looking at the money in my bank account more (laughs) than saying goodbye to it. Um, Even though in the long run, like I would have paid more in interest and everything like Mm. that. Like I understood all that, but something in my something in my mind, yeah, yeah, something in my mind was just like. No, we won't do it. And anyway, one day I was on the phone with my friend and he was still berating me about it. And I just, as a little bit of an FU to him, said, well, there you go, it's paid off, so you can shut up now. (laughs) I'm paying it off to spite you. Yeah, exactly. So, and you still have the Mazda? Yeah, still have the Mazda. Um, And in hindsight, I would probably never, now uh, with my money knowledge, like I would probably never get a a loan again. Um, That's what you need to do. Yeah. You got to get a brand deal with a car manufacturer. Well, I've done that, been there, done that. Um, Do it again. Yeah, but they only gave me a six six months of uh, the car. Um, they wouldn't give me it for free. Maybe now I've got some more followers. I'll chase them up again. That's my current goal in life is to get a brand, a brand deal from a car. Yeah, for a car. Yeah, just for well, the Instagram audience. Hint, hint. It was Ford Australia, so hit them up because they yeah, like. I'm working a Ford with- bogan. Yeah, well, love my. Fords. I mean, I love Mazda. I've never had a problem well, with basically mine. a Ford. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, and you know. What do you do? Like, what's your living arrangement now? Are you renting? Are you, do you own a $5 million oceanfront mansion? Like, what's your rental or living or mortgage sitch? So, right now I live in Sydney and I rent. Um, and I only rent. Definitely like buying a house is like on the horizon, mm. but it's not like a main kind of priority for me at the moment. Um, it's, it's also as well way out of my budget Mm. because I would really prefer to have as much of a deposit as possible and not, and try and limit how much my mortgage would be. Um, and also I've only like started earning quite good money in the last couple of years. So my whole life I've, I've been doing jobs that have paid me, you know, like 20 to 40, sometimes 50K a year Mm. max. And so my whole, like buying a house, you know, that was never in my realm. Like Mm. I was like, that's going to be a long way down the track. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's not even something that I'm like consciously thinking about all the time. Plus I have some pretty <laughs> crazy requirements. Like if I'm going to buy a house, like I <laughs> I want a view of the Harbour Bridge um, and I, I want to live uh, in a nice suburb and like everything like that. So I'm, I'm looking and I know my budget and I know like what I want, but God, it's, it's a long way yet. But like, yet. so you're, um, so hearing all that, your income you think is, would you say has officially stabilised? Um, yeah, looking at the next couple of years, definitely. Mm. Yeah. The pandemic was a huge, uh, well, like for everyone, it was just a huge like learning curve, learning Mm. lesson. Before the pandemic, I was still earning uh, quite good money, but the problem is, is that I was spending it all. So Mm. when I, when it got to the pandemic. It'll get you that, won't it? It will, it will. And again, like my dad's voice in the back of my head, you know, he always brought me up being like, oh, if you get paid, you spend half of it and put half in, uh, in savings. And the problem is, dad, when you go down to 10 hours a week at McDonald's, you're only earning $200 a week. So living off a hundred is not, not really going to cut it. So like I had no savings behind me. The pandemic hit. I literally had about, um, $8 in my bank account mm. and and nothing else and I that was probably the moment that like shocked me had to go on job seeker because I had no money and then all the work went as well I was full-time social media then but I was mm. just spending all my money mm. and um I went on job seeker 
because all of my work went out the window and then I decided, you know, as I said, I'm a pretty positive person, just try and stay positive. I wrote a whole song about being on Job uh, Seeker called Riding ScoMo and, uh, you know, just made a, a bit of a joke about it. And uh, the good part about that was that it gave me time to kind of like sort my life out, sort my, sort my uh, what I was going to do in life and kind of be like, okay, we need to get serious about this, you know. Mm. We've, it's been... Uh, it was kind of just like a shock to the system. But it was a silver lining of, okay, this has happened. Yeah. I need to make sure that, well, if this happens again, I've, I'm not here again. Or was it just a reality check of what am I doing with no, my life? No, it, it was definitely, well, it was a bit of both, but yeah. it was definitely like, I never want to be in this position again mm. of being like, because it wasn't even like I was in financial, financial hardship. Everyone was. So it wasn't even like I could go and be like, hey, like, to someone and ask for a loan or like no mm. one had any money. Everybody was, everybody was struggling and, and a bit like what the heck is going on. Um, so that's the time that I like joined, like I started listening or joined, I joined like um, She's on the Money, My Millennial Money. I read The Barefoot Investor. Like I went through that whole journey that I feel like a lot of people go through where you go, holy shit, like something needs to change. Something needs it. What are we doing here? And so I uh, read all of that. Dad uh, bought me a book from Koshi. Oh. Good old Koshi has a book called um, something along the lines of, which I think he released during the pandemic. Right. Uh, you know, just to make a quick buck off that. <laughs> um, it's called, I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it's called Must something. Must good. It's, <laughs> it's something like, you know, how to be financially stable in uncertain times or something like that. Yeah. I read that book. I had read all the bloody books and, um, you know, was getting together when we weren't in lockdown with one of my friends and, oh my God, we just had like a trestle table in my bedroom and we were like, right, what are we going to do? Drop shipping? <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? Do we buy these shares? Do we, do we, who, what are we doing here? Should we write an ebook and release it? You know, like how are we going to make money? And so it was like a lot of, um, a lot of that for six months until uh, finally the work came back in. Um, you know, because apart from socials, the first time around in 2020 when the pandemic hit, the problem was all the brands didn't know what was happening. So they all hung on to their money. Oh, I had that same thing. Like, yeah. like overnight, we had all this work. Well, you know, for people listening, we'd probably call it work in this business. Yeah. And then the pause button was pressed. Yes. And then the fear of God was like, yeah. what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. And then I think as the time went on, the brand started to kind of come back and go, oh, no, hang on. The world does keep going. Yeah, they realised they would have been able to recover. But that March 2020, like, no one was paying my invoices. Yeah, it was brutal. They were holding on to all their money. They didn't know what was going on. So, um, yeah, it was a really full-on time. But, yeah, Mm. I was able to get through it, get back on my feet, and thank God I never had to do any drop shipping. Yeah, far out. So... Talk to us about, you know, what you're kind of doing now with your profile. Like, are you kind of sole trader? Do you have a, a business? Like, it sounds to me that you've got a lot of or a close network of good people that you talk with, mm-hmm. but is everything under Matt or have you got a company and there's a couple of people like- so? As of right now, at the time of recording, I'm a sole trader and it's just under Matt. But as of the new financial year, I will be transitioning to a company. Yeah, so, cool. Because I do have taken on um, like a costume designer and uh, who will create all my looks for red carpets. She's already created a couple looks um, 
that people may have seen on my Instagram. And then uh, she's going to do like my uh, comedy shows and things like that, just all my costumes and, you mm. know, custom designs. I've taken on a personal assistant as well, just because I don't have enough hours in the day and I can let them do all the... All the, uh, basically, they just do all the shitty jobs, but it's fun. Like, it's, it's, they're one of my friends who I've started to employ, and it just depends, like, what they're doing. But I make them do everything from mm. helping me out with the admin work to um, booking flights and things like that even down to groceries, dry cleaning, you know, go mm. get the Camilla's dry clean gel. So, but this they do. Is, yeah, and this is the whole thing. Like, you're probably thinking in the back of my mind, in the back of your mind, like, you know, it is about that as much as you're the brand, well, now you need to diversify that. And if it is, you know, because you're basically a, a Sydney socialite. Mm. Melbourne's like, you're a socialite, right? Yeah. And it is that diversification. And if it isn't an ad on Instagram, can I get paid to MC an event? Mm. Or so really diversify your brand. And I feel like I've been doing that the whole time because mm. even back when I was only you know, didn't, wasn't earning as much money. Like I was doing drag to pay the bills. And, mm. and I, although I didn't have like a proper like job in quotation marks, like when I left McDonald's, that's when I determined that I was doing social media full time. And also I want to say before I left McDonald's in hindsight, social media already was my full time job. McDonald's mm. was my part time job, mm. you know, that I didn't care about. I just mm. had that on the side to get a couple hundred dollars a week, only 10 hours a week. Realistically, like I, I, I know a lot of people would determine that it being your full-time job would be when you actually quit everything else and do it. But realistically, I was putting much more time into that than someone who maybe does have a full-time role Mm. would on a week-to-week basis. And so even when I was full-time, I was still doing things like drag. So I was getting paid to perform at clubs in uh, Sydney. This is before the pandemic. I was a DJ. So I was still DJing way up until um, October last year when I eventually had to say I'm way too busy. I can't even like, I don't even have time Mm. to DJ anymore, Um, which is sad because I really love that. So I definitely have, there's like aspects of the career that allow me to do things um, that are outside the realm of social media. Mm. But I mean, like, you know, once you transition, you know, into the company and you've and you can have employees now as a sole trader, as you know, but yeah. like, I think it is that line in the sand of strategically, I'm an enterprise, your job is to go and get me work or, you know, you've got your agents or whatnot, but yes. like, all right, let's try and get some corporate dollars or something or yeah. I don't know. It's just because I've had the same thing, right? Like corporatizing the podcast and we've got a team of people like, and it's like, okay, well, how does this thing keep on going and keep paying the bills for everyone and diversifying our income, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 fascinating chat. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and pay the light bill and then, <laughs> and then we'll come back and we might talk about Insta and we might talk a bit of trash. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. Hey. <laughs> we're back. Um, we're on. Talk to us, um, Matt, about your current podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Spotify exclusive. Spotify original. Spotify original, is it? Yeah. Sorry, I'm not down with yeah. the podcast <laughs> lingo. Uh, Trash Alley, what's the podcast? What's it about? What are you doing? So, the podcast is with myself and Mitchell Coombs, who's another Sydney comedian creator. Uh, and we basically... Uh, Trash Alley it was pre-pandemic, a smoking area in Ark Nightclub in Sydney, which is a very infamous gay nightclub that was with us before the pandemic, but I don't think they've survived it. Apparently, they're going to turn them into apartments now. But it was a nightclub that was so iconic. It's where I first performed in drag. It's where, you know, I spent a lot of my times out, um, met a lot of my friends, met my boyfriend at Ark. So it holds a near and dear place in my heart. And they had a smoking area, which uh, was literally their like trash alley, which was where the bins were kept and things like that. (laughs) But that's where they had everyone smoking. And so if you needed some air in the club, you go out to trash alley. And uh, that's what we named it after because our podcast, basically the premise behind it is that it's the kind of conversation you'd have when you're in the smoking area at a club and you go out and you meet someone for the first time and you introduce yourselves and you just get talking about the most random things, what's in the news. So it's a pop culture podcast where we talk about what's trending, but then we kind of relate it back to our own life life experiences. So we might say, you know, oh, Ariana Grande's got a new song out. We talk about the song. The song's about a breakup. And then we go into our worst breakup ever and we tell that story. So that's kind of the whole premise of the, of the podcast. Yeah. So if you want to... Talk trash. Go to the alley. <laughs> Come on down, love. Come, Come and join us. Come take a seat in Trash Alley. Uh, and you mentioned before we press record, you're about to tour. What does that mean? What's it look like? Yes. What are you doing? So we are doing a national tour. Um, basically, in May, I had my five shows at Sydney Comedy Festival. Um, and all five shows, surprisingly to me, sold out wow. very, very, very quickly. Um, we even got the chance to release more tickets and they went almost instantly. And so five sold out shows at Sydney Comedy Festival. Very daunting, very uh, full on, but very exciting. And because of that demand, yeah, they just basically said, do you want to do a national tour right off the back of it and take that show right around the country? So um, uh, we're coming to almost every city um, throughout June, July, and August. And uh, <laughs> don't know if they'll sell if they'll sell out if the tickets are on sale. Still, go and grab one if you want to come and see me live. Wow, that's um, um, that's pretty amazing. So, would you say you're also a, like a comedian? God, what don't don't I do, doll? Like, that's the thing. Okay, so I'm looking at your Instagram profile. Um, I'm a a mother. I'm a... I'm a a child. I'm a lover. What are the... What are those, like, I'm a mother. 
I'm a, a lover. Entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I love crystal baking. Healer. I'm a crystal healer. Yoga. Instructor. All that stuff. Pilates. So, do, are you just like, I get up on stage, here's a microphone, have a chat, or do you have some framework of what you want to chat about? No, definitely a framework. So, the shows at Sydney Comedy Festival, which will then be the same or very similar show concept, um, during the tour is basically, uh, it's a storytelling concept. So it's all stories from my life and it's called A Night with Australia's Biggest Glamazon because it just becomes this live and intimate kind of show where I interact with the audience, but I don't really interact in a way that's like, what's your name? Mm. Oh, and make a joke about you. Like yeah, there's yeah. none of that. Um, I'm I'm one of those comedians who I'm, I'm only ever going to make jokes pretty much about myself or my own situations that I've been in. I think that... I think that that comes from social media because I feel like um, you have to be very PC. And so for me to get on stage and like crack jokes, it's almost going to be too jarring for the audience if it's not what they're used to on my social media, which is me taking the piss out of myself. So Mm. the show is me taking the piss out of myself, all of these things that have happened to me um, and... I kind of tell the the concept of the show, I guess I can say, is that uh, it, it's all about fake it till you make it, which is like what I've done throughout my life. I feel like even as young as being in school, you've got to fake it when, uh, you know, as we spoke about before, the bullying and stuff like mm. that, like you have to fake, put on a brave face. I feel like all of us have had to do that at one time or another. And it's all about how everybody has to fake it or make it in one way or another. And here are the stories about times when I've had to do that. And just on that, like, in school with the bullying, like, I, I've said for years, like, and I've told the story, I was at a conference once and I said, oh, this guy is really nice and all this. And I was saying to my friends, I'm like, oh, how nice is that guy? And like, he was cracking onto you. I've got the worst gator on the oh, planet, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, I got on a, like a house on fire with this guy. And well, this may like, surprise you, gay. but like, I've, I've got something to tell you. You might be surprised, mm-hmm. um, but I'm actually gay. Yeah. Mm. Didn't know if you knew. Your gator's so bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But like in school, were you self-aware like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm gay or was it like everyone knew you were and you were coming to grips with it? Oh, for sure. I knew from my earliest memory. I remember watching The Wiggles and thinking that Greg was hot. I remember watching High Five and thinking I have a crush on Nathan from High Five, you know, when I was like three years old watching the TV. Um, I knew throughout all of all of school, um, like I had crushes on all the boys, but mm. I knew that something was different and yeah. that it wasn't meant to be... Spoken about, I don't, I, I've, I've told this story before and I don't know where that came from. I just knew. I just knew that I liked boys and I knew that I wasn't meant to talk about it. So, mm. I don't yeah. know why. Well, I think it's um, it's just the society, right? Mm. Like it's yeah. time moves on, we progress and, you know, we have these conversations now. And this is why like the My Millennial Money platform, I want to just open the platform for any good discussions, right? Because- me talking to you and your experiences, I learn. Yeah. And then, you know, I might talk to the next person and learn from them. So, I will take the audience along this journey. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you're gay. Um, thanks for coming in today. <laughs> it's um, been a pleasure. Yeah. The pleasure's been all yours. Now, let's get into some of these money questions. But, oh, just on that, um, grab some tickets if you want to see Matt. Just have a chat with Matt. He'll, he won't make fun of you from the stage. No. Who's your favourite comedian? Um, God, there's so many. I love Ursula Carlson. I love Joel Creasy. Joel Creasy is probably the best one I've ever seen live. Mm. Love Judith Lucy. Love Kitty Flanagan. 
There's no one better than Australian comedians, in my opinion. All right. So, we put up on Instagram, as in me, the other night, do you have any questions for Matt? And there was- Most of the questions are about your money. So, (laughs) Samantha Morgan said, love him. How does he manage his income as a YouTube slash influencer? So, have you got a money system? Like, because- as you're a creative, you're kind of in the gig economy, living from gig to gig to gig. Yeah. Are you at the stage where you've got enough consistent revenue coming in and you just set up a, a weekly wage for yourself? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And how long had, did that take to actually get to the point, do you think? How long did it take to get to that point? Mm. Years. Because I, as I said, I started in 2015, didn't go full time until 2019. And then uh, until... The pandemic, I was mm. just kind of like whatever money was coming in, that was just my money to spend and, and do mm. whatever I wanted with. And uh, the, I've been very fortunate that there's always, um, uh, you know, at least five or six jobs in the future. There's never been a time where I'm sitting around going, I've got nothing to do. Like there's always work mm. coming up for me, um, which is not the same for every influencer or social media, you know, content creator. But for me, I've been very lucky that I always kind of have work um in the future. But the whole like paying myself a wage thing started last year, halfway through last year, pretty much the start of the financial year this, um, and in 2021, um, that's when I was like, right, I'm going to like give myself a set amount. And at first, like I was only giving myself like $500 a week. Um, and then I was like, no, like <laughs> we'll give myself a thousand dollars a week. Yeah. And that's still what I do to this day. So basically whatever I get paid, um, will go into the business account. And then each month I'll just give myself a thousand dollars a week. Like, mm. so usually it's like 4,000 a month or if it's an odd yeah. month with five weeks, I'll give myself five. And, uh, the good, the good thing is though, is with like business, with the business account, that's what everything comes out of in, mm. in terms of like bills and, you know, Ubers for business and stuff like that. Like that's where, so Although I pay myself $1,000 a week, like I definitely spend more because there's more things that go in the business account. But that Mm. just builds and accumulates and gets bigger and bigger. Whereas I just like am very strict with what I give myself. And a lot of people don't, uh, a lot of my friends are just like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, you could be spending uh, a lot more paying. I could even be paying myself a lot more weekly and still letting it like build up. But I don't know. I just think I, uh, so what I do is if I get to the end of the month and I haven't spent that much money, which is very often, which mm. is probably surprising to a lot of people. So you would say you're a saver more than a spender, would you say? For sure. For sure. And I mean, I, I spent my whole life. Like, as I said, I had $8 at the, at the start of the pandemic, like, cause mm. I spent all my money on everything mm. and on stupid stuff. I don't have anything to show for it. You mm. know what I mean? Like when I was working at McDonald's, I was, uh, I was smoking. So mm. I was like buying cigarettes with my money. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I didn't, I would get to the end of the financial year, look at everything I earn and go, what do I have to show for it? A car that I have a loan for. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So uh, I was definitely a spender. And then the pandemic was like what made me become a saver. And uh, the other thing as well is you never know how long the whole social media journey is going to last. And I'm just jumping in there, just kind of really looking. Do you think as you also got older, you got more of a 
reality check about life. And it's just like, oh, I can't be living on the edge the whole time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also in a relationship as well. Got mm. in a relationship in 2019. And then so that was another big factor is I was like, I've got someone else that I mm. am caring for now. It's not just myself. It's someone else's. What's your partner do? Uh, he works in retail. Yeah. And so he is like a store manager of a flagship store for a big national brand. Mm. And... Um, yeah, I was like, I'm in a relationship. It's not just about me and what I want now. Like, I kind of need to start thinking about the future. So, yeah, that's kind of what... Yeah, it was definitely getting older, but there were also a lot of other factors as well. Do you guys, like, share money? No, not at this stage. It's, we just kind of have the agreement that, like, you know, if I got dinner on this date night, the next time mm-hmm. he gets it. Um, but there are a lot of things that we do together that are because of me. And so I am under the impression or it's my belief that like, if I, if it's because of me, like I'm paying, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like where we're doing, we went down to, um, like we, you know, when we went to Melbourne, actually, like we went on a holiday, we just like split everything 50, 50. But then I was like, for the things that I was wanted to do, I was like, you know, we went to the the museum, which I wanted to do. And although he wanted to do it as well, I was like, well, it's my thing. So, like, mm. I'm going to pay for the Uber. It's mm. not like you get the next one. It's like mm. this was... So, we just have this agreement that goes unspoken that we yeah. just... Whatever works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. On your um, Instagram, you wrote no preferred pronouns. Uh-huh. Have people found, like, that there could be eggshells leading up to your name, given that you're a drag guy or a drag king or queen or... Or, you know, the gay thing, like, well, does that throw a, a spanner in some of the perception works? I love being confusing. Mm. I love being confusing. Awesome. I think uh, I should be more confusing. I want people to figure me out because mm. it'll then in turn figure other people out. And people will learn the most, like, you'll learn the most after you've been confused. If you think you know, you won't learn anything. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is like, for me, no preferred pronouns just means you can call me absolutely anything. He, she, they, them, mm. it, I don't care what it is. Just um, don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> and look at me, doll, I'd never be late for dinner, please. Um, but yeah, I think that I like to challenge those sorts of things because above all else, like with everything that I do in my life, there's only one thing that really matters to me or two things that that matter to me. One, I've just always known that I wanted to be an entertainer. Mm. doesn't matter what that meant. I just wanted to entertain people. And two, I really wanted to be visible for people who didn't feel like they were visible or like, you know, be visible for people who feel invisible, which is what I felt like growing up. And so for me to say I have no preferred pronouns and someone question that or be confused and be like, what does that mean? Once I explained to them that it just means it doesn't matter like what you, you know, call me. The You're whole- saying it actually means what it says. I have no preferred pronouns. <laughs> exactly. And so my whole thing is like, although it's not important to me, it's very important to other people and their voices are the ones that you should be listening to. And so after I've kind of explained that, hopefully what I hope people will do is go, oh, okay, it's really not that big of a deal. So if someone would like to be referred to as she, her, well, that's what you should do because it's really at the end of the day, like, it is important, obviously, but what I say, what I mean when I say it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal to the people it shouldn't be a big deal to. Mm. And I actually, it's a really bad analogy, but I'll use it anyway. Like, you probably, I'm presuming, that you would not care if someone said, oh, hey, Matt, can I clarify what's your preferred pronoun, right? Mm. Like, you're like, yeah, sweet, whatever. Yep. It's like when my, uh, an example, my nan died and I'm sad, like- 
you're allowed to say, Glenn, how are you going after your nan died? Like you're yeah. allowed to talk about death or like because it actually happened yeah. and I don't care. Yeah. It's just the reality. And I guess it's the same with like, no, you're allowed to clarify and ask. Yeah, for sure. Like it's clarity is better than not. That was a really bad analogy. It was a bad analogy. I didn't see how that fit mm. in. But Are I mean, you my dead nan? <laughs> if you want to talk, talk about that, we can. But I feel like it's. I've had a uh, something else as well because I know that, um, you know, for a lot of listeners who maybe haven't even delved into, like, the whole, like, trans, non-binary, preferred pronoun sort of thing, like, maybe that was just flew over their heads a little bit. But mm. the other thing as well is with the word fat. Like, I'm a fat person and I use the word fat to describe myself and, you know... Uh, the thing that I get met with a lot of the time is like, no, you're not fat. And I'm like, no, actually, like, I guess I am. I said I was fat, not ugly. Like, yeah. um, you know, I, I am fat. And I and I take that word and I'm mm. like, I am. You know, why Why has society put such a negative kind of spin on the ter- on the word fat? It's because everybody, when, when I say, you know, oh, I'm fat or make a joke about being fat, people go, you're not fat. I'm like, you're delusional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, but we do live in reality mm. and that's where I think... I don't know where you're at. I'd, I'd imagine you're on the, you know, chill outside of the whole woke culture to a point because, yeah. you know, we do live in reality. Mm. And I once saw like the further that we are from reality is someone, and this is like I'm getting cancelled after this episode, like someone who might have um, schizophrenia, for example, mm-hmm. they're so far removed from reality they're seeing things, they're not living in reality. That's not good. And that's why we need to help them and all that stuff. But the reality is, like, there's not a clown walking past out the door at the moment. Yeah, but the reality is that that's their reality that they're living. So, But what is reality? But that's what I mean. In hindsight... Am I cancelled now? If a sk- No, <laughs> but this is good that we have these conversations. Because, yeah. again... The way you just sort of said that was, uh, what is, you know, you're confused. Mm. So, like, let's open that conversation and try and learn something from it. The whole point is, is that I can't deny someone else's reality. Like, I know what you're saying, but Mm. there's no clown walking past the door. If a schizophrenic person saw a clown walk past the door, that is their reality. Mm. But as a society, we've agreed that the clown doesn't exist. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's just wild, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, and, you know, we put a... You know, our Instagram, we always put content up and, you know, the odd thing that we goes unchecked or gets, you know, could be seen as tone deaf or something like, you know, we put something up and it was like a clear joke about um, overeating and, you know. I remember this actually, yeah. yeah. And like, oh, you're fat shaming and all that. I'm like, like, number one, we're not. And number two, oh, we might be, I don't know. I don't know. No, like, I remember seeing that post. And the thing is as well, it's like, the, like I, didn't, no I didn't, yeah, I didn't see anything wrong with it, but there are people that did and that's mm. okay. And I like have made that mistake. I've tripped up a lot of times. Mm. I feel like social media, well, I feel like life in general is trial and error. Like there's, there's been so many missteps for me. And the thing about it is um, I feel like what I want to say to people is if you notice that Glenn has a misstep on his Instagram, uh, then you are welcome to pull him up on it, but just be like courteous and gracious about it and just don't go on like the attack. Do you know what I mean? Because And that's the whole thing. It's like I don't wake up in the morning 
and call a team meeting and be like, all right, everyone, today's goal, we're trying to piss off as many people as possible on the podcast. We're fat shaming everyone on Instagram. Uh, If you're struggling to eat and you're low income, we're going to make you feel like you're poor. Like there's no malice and we've got to seek first to understand, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And and this is the these conversations like I like having these because we don't get to have these conversations every day. No. And I've really, really realized that I can't please everybody. And the minute I try to, I'll please no one. Yeah. I was definitely on that page as well. Like I was like, I need to make everybody happy and now I'm like uh, can't be bothered. <laughs> like, oh, like I, I seen a, a review the other day, and if you're listening, I don't even know what your name is, but hello, and I love you. Thanks for listening. Like, left a review on the podcast. Awesome. That's you're allowed to. Really love the po- podcast, but this one episode sucks. I'm giving you one one star. It's like, can we review it? <laughs> like yeah. in, across everything that I'm doing, not that, just the one that's episode. The thing. People will only focus on that one thing. They don't. They don't care about what you've done before. They mm. don't care what you do afterwards. They just care because about that one thing. Like we all experience the world as we see it. Yeah, and and that's what I mean. I don't see a clown walking past that doesn't exist. Mm. So I'm not living in that world, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's wild. So, gosh, I hate this crap. You know why? <laughs> Someone's going to replay People this. People are going to be like, were they high for this <laughs> no. episode? People are going to replay this in five years and be like, well, that Glenn James guy, he's gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is it. Like, I'm just trying to have a chat. I don't mean any ill will towards mentally ill people. I've got a mental illness. It's all right, guys. I take medication every day. Like... It's just, I, I don't know, like, these are the tough things that we've got to have as a society, these chats, but we've all just got to appreciate everybody's position and learn from each other. Where do you go from that? Let's go to another question. Yeah, let's go to another question. Back um, to the money. Yeah. Uh, Liv- I forget what I was saying. I don't even think I finished the what other a- question oh, or whatever. Oh, gosh. It was, you were talking about you- Paying myself. Well- no. Oh, yeah. Then I was just going to say that afterwards, I was going to say that whatever's left over at the end of the month, um, I'll just pay myself again. And then that goes into savings. Mm. Do you have any long-term investment goals? Yeah. I have currently have no investments, mm. which definitely needs to change next financial year. Mm. So, that's like that next year's goal. I'm still trying to research. I'm still trying to get my head around it all. Um And let me introduce you to an advisor to mm-hmm. have a session with. Okay. Like I would actually love that. Yeah, I'll cover it as my gift to you. Okay, thanks. So five hundred dollar session. Fabulous. Uh, it'll cost you a post of the book on your Instagram. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, but yeah, no, I think that would be important because we need like a third party to actually go. Oh, Matt, what do you actually want to do? Yeah. And how are we going to get about that? But would they would they do it for me as well, or just be like, this is what needs to be done. Just pay this here because that's what I need is yeah. someone to just be like, this is where it should. And this go. is you're probably a good candidate for a financial advisor because we know that you're focused on what you know frock that you want to wear to a red carpet. Mm-hmm. You focus on content for your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You're in a good position that you're making all this money and it needs to go to work mm-hmm. and you need to outsource that part of your life. Yeah. Just to know that all I want to do, I've got $500 a month left over. I'm just going to, I want to invest it 
and yeah. an advisor can help you set up a, a an account and you know if you want to pay them so every 6 months or every 3 months you have a check in just keep you accountable you yeah. can do that or you can they can go look set this up do that pay us an advice fee we'll give you the advice and just pump this as much as you want it's fine so yeah it's it's a spectrum yeah but um yeah I, i'll i'll organize a you know i'll introduce you to one of my advisors and you can have a um yeah just an hour goal setting call and just to really have a look at what you you need to do because Fabulous. the thing is yes you want to have a house overlooking sydney harbour and all that stuff yeah I'm going out on a limb to say you might not be able to buy a $30 million house tomorrow, but can we rent one and do some investing elsewhere? Yeah. So, because it's not all or nothing, right? Yeah. And yeah. And that's just like, I think you're in a good position ready to actually, now your income is settled and you started to have that consistency. Mm-hmm. And we know you can probably live off 70 grand a year after tax mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm hmm. So let's now go, okay, because, and I get this is get into the ranting, right? Like imagine if every morning you got up, you could see the Harbour Bridge and that's your life goal and yeah. have a cup of tea or coffee or whatever you drink, you yoga people. Yeah. Um, and that was a joke, everyone. <laughs> but you're right. My goal but, is but like, I want to be that, that person. That would add so much value to your life Yeah. because I'm pumped. This This goal gives me such value and energy, mm-hmm. I can go out into the commercial world and make more money because everything's in sync. Yeah. Rather than, you know, where you're living now, it might not be the desired place you want to be long term. Well, let's start to change that tomorrow. Yeah. And let's get, yeah, some of those lifestyle rocks in place. Yeah. Take that as you will. We should finish up soon. Livy says, what do you wish you could tell your younger self about finances? <laughs> um, you know what? Like, I live my life with no regrets. So, I will start this by saying that, like, I don't regret anything that I've done. Mm. I, I believe that we all have our own path and I believe that I'm on mine. I think that what I could tell my younger self is that I would have lo- I would have had a lot less sleepless nights. Does that make sense? A lot less sleepless nights. I would have like had a lot less stress. If you weren't living in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) I think that um, basically what I'm trying to say is that like my, your whole life can change so rapidly in a, in about like, for me, I want to say like 12 months, like in about 12 months, things can change. They can either, <laughs> no, I'm not saying they get better. <laughs> they, they could get worse, but um, your whole life can change in, in a very short amount of time. In, can change in an instant. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like, I've, I found that my life changed in an instant when the pandemic hit, but I think back to like, um, even, you know, 18 months ago when I was sitting in my room on the trestle table going, I need to be a drop shiver or something mm. to be able to like earn some money. And fast forward six months, I'm hiring other people to do things for me. Yeah, awesome. And then fast forward another year and I'm in a <laughs> position where I'm like, yes, I'd like a house on the harbour. So like things just can change so rapidly. And I think that the Mm, it's hard because like, I don't, I don't know where I stand with like manifestation and the universe working. But as I said earlier, I'm a very positive person. Uh, 
I always believe that everything's going to work out. I always believe that, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I, I literally say I'm going to have a house that has a view of the Harbour Bridge because that is what will happen. It might take me 20 years to get there. Nah, you'll be there but in a year. You know what I mean? Trust me. We'll get you a nice little place on Projection, the water. say three, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't your, like, partner a rich international billionaire? Because that's my job. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll go get it. <laughs> go get it. Yeah. Um, yeah this, so, manifesting, right? I, um, you know, she's on the money and Jess Ritchie, who worked in the team there, mm-hmm. she knows I've got a problem with manifesting. <laughs> and the reason why I think manifesting is BS, mm-hmm. and please, you can politely uh, disagree with me in your own time, everyone, but I've never seen anyone manifest something for someone else worse off than them. It's selfish. I want to manifest a new car. I want to manifest my dream job. Oh, I don't see much manifesting alleviating world poverty over there. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, I've never thought about that, but I guess you are right. While you are over there manifesting your new car and your new job and your new life, Mm. can you manifest some alleviation of world poverty? Can you manifest a war in Ukraine to stop? Mm. Because you manifest, right? Mm. So, that's just a little... uh, Another way to piss a lot of people off. I'm not going to have a podcast by the end of this. <laughs> this is the problem when you have All Right Hay on your podcast. Your career is over, doll. Yeah, far out. Well, if you ever need a producer, I'll be out of a job, so you can pay me to produce your podcast. <sighs> but, right, do we have any other questions? Any other good ones? No, nah, I'm no? done. Okay. It's like how my phone stayed on. Yeah. I've turned on the automatic shut thing. I've, so, it just it, the screen, I've clicked never. Oh, wow. I lock, love that. Lock screen, never. I love that. I don't have time for lock screens. Yeah, wow. N- never. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, was there anything that I um, haven't asked you that you'd like to talk about? I'm glad money? you didn't ask me the question that was, um, I saw it on the questions when they got sent to me, something about like if $10,000 dropped in your lap today, what would you do? I have no idea how to answer that. So, I'm glad you didn't answer me, ask me that. So, those pre-questions, <laughs> I usually, uh, they're my fallback questions. Okay. Uh, so, if I interview a lovely person and- it- It's going shit. <laughs> you can just fall back there and go, okay, what else can we talk about? <laughs> okay, fair enough. You like those Good. tricks? Yeah, well, I'm glad we didn't get there. Yeah. Because I had no answers for them anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. I'm done. Um, you can follow All Right Hey on Instagram if you want. Instagram, TikTok, come listen to our, our podcast. It's not as informative as My Millennial Money, but it will probably make you laugh. Don't quote me on that. And, uh, yeah. Come see me live as well yeah. if you want. Yeah. Anywhere in Australia, just Google All Right Hey Tour. I'm sure. Hopefully we'll be coming to a city near you. Yeah, love it. All right, Matt, thanks so much for your time. Thanks we'll for having me. see you soon. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. 
If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Just, just recording. Hey, Nate, can you add this to the little laugh party? Just pick up that mic, Matt. You've got a sister who listens to My Millennial Money. Yeah. Got to give us, got to give a shout out to my sis. All right. Shout out, sis. What's her name? Sarah Kate. Sarah Kate. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Sarah Kate. Thanks for listening to Big My fan. Millennial Money. <laughs> um, do you ever do after parties on your podcast? What does that mean? Well, at the end of the music and when the whole show ends. You just keep talking? We just keep talking trash. No, I don't. But I have done them before. Yeah. Do you um, want to do that? Yeah. All right. Put the headphones back on. Ah, stuff the headphones. Oh, okay, righto. Yeah. I just have- We're head- really going unofficial. Yeah. I just have the headphones to- um, So, if the mic stops, you know it stopped working. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're in uh, one of the towers at Barangaroo. You know, now Facebook this- is in here. Sorry? Facebook is in here. Is it really? I mean, I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, Wednesday. really? What are you doing with them? Um, we're doing a little panel on- uh, they're having me in to talk to their staff about what creators want on Instagram. More money. <laughs> <laughs> Lit- no, I'm not kidding though. Literally really? one of the topics we'll be talking about. Yeah. This is so funny. Like I, you know, obviously I get pitched a lot mm-hmm. for like, um, you know, someone pitched me the other day and they're like, oh, hey, Glenn, can you come and speak at this conference or whatever? Mm. We'll fly you up and all that. I'm like, oh, sweet. Yep, yep. Um, I don't work for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no. and you, you can pay. Yeah. I'm uh, totally of the same. Um, actually, let's talk about that. That's a good, that's a good thing to talk about. Mm. Cause I'm really, it's, it's, a. Uh, it's not unusual for me to be on this podcast and talking about money because I'm very open with money. Mm. I'm very open with how much I earn for um, like brand sponsorships and stuff like that because I feel that. I feel like I'm a bit of a veteran in the industry. You know, there are some people who only joined TikTok a year ago who Mm. are at the same level as me and earning the same amount of money. Mm. And I've been doing it for like seven years and all these new people are coming up and they just don't really know. Like it can be quite overwhelming and you don't really understand what you're doing. And I find that um, there's two things that we should talk about. First of all, the brands who are the biggest seem to have the least amount of money. Uh, I, yeah. And it pisses me off. I tell you, this is, <laughs> I, I've got like for any budding influencers or influencers or whatever, budding glamazons in the works. <laughs> the pro, So, at My Millennial Money, we don't have an agent, right? Mm-hmm. So, we self-negotiate. Um, one, for me, negotiation is a sport. Um, and two, it just... It just doesn't work because it just, we don't like Jess, she's in our brand team. It's basically our own internal agency, right? Yeah. So, that's number one. Now, when we when we work with brands, if possible, we like to work direct with the brand. Yeah. But the problem is in brand world, like insert large international brand here, 
mm-hmm. that do, do not have the quote unquote money, right? Mm-hmm. Usually what's happening is they're engaging an agency mm-hmm. and they give the agency the budget to deploy the brand through as many channels as possible. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you've probably worked before, mm-hmm. agency, right? Yeah. They approached us the other day and said, oh, hey, Glenn, do you want to do this thing on Instagram? We can, our budget's grand for the post or something like that. I said to Jess, write back, tell them if they're serious, they'll pay. Mm. And then they turned around and said, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. So, the thing is the agency have a lot of the discretion yeah. and they're trying to get the most bang for their buck. So, for those budding influencers that are talking with the agency land, feel totally free to push back because- they're trying to get the best price to spread the money as much as possible where you need to really look after yourself and go, you know what? I actually don't work for free. Yeah. And this is my price. I'm like really wild about you need to be a price maker, not a price taker. Yeah. If come to me and say, this is our price for this and you go, okay, you're a price taker. You're taking what they tell you. Yeah. They're like, no, I make my price. This is what I charge. That is such a good attitude to have. And if you turn away the ones that don't pay you and don't value your time, it leaves you open to give the brand that will pay you the 110% of what you're worth. It gives you the emotional energy to deliver over the top to that brand who is paying your premium price. Mm-hmm. For sure. That was a bit of a rant, but but I value yourself. I really love that you have that attitude and I wish everybody had that attitude because I struggle sometimes with brands. I had an international brand, a very, very big brand who are in every single supermarket, every service station, every vending machine. They're a huge brand, which I won't mention. Was that the uh, Krispy Kreme and their KY jelly flavor I saw the other day? No. Okay. This was a couple months ago. It's a soft drink brand, mm. but it's not the big one that you're thinking of, but mm. it's a pretty big one. Mm. And um, they wanted to work with me uh, and do a couple posts. Um, and I gave them my package and they, oh, I can't remember exactly what the rate was. I think it was would have been around $15,000 for what they wanted. And yep. they came back um, and said, we're finding it really hard to get that, package approved because we have another uh t- another people like other people that have we've also approached and they had 1.5 million followers on TikTok I only have about 200,000 on TikTok and the people with 1.5 million they told me who it was which was very unprofessional as a brand but they mm. told me who it was and also how much they were charging which was $1000 and now those that cr- those creators there's two of them on that channel And so they're only getting $500 each before tax and before everything else. And my whole thing is like, I'm one person with like one, what I can't do the maths, one sixth of the following. And, you know, other brands are paying my rates. And so what happens is then that big brand ended up saying to me, sorry, we're not going to pay you when another person with five times as many followers as you is charging us 10% of your rate. And so then I like lost that job. So I'm happy to talk to other influencers and to other people to be like, hey, this is like what you should be charging. Well, as an industry, we need to all agree that we're worth more. Exactly, exactly. Because then otherwise it damages. If everyone was doing stuff for 
$1,000 a post with 1.5 million. Like, I mean, they should be charging f- at least $10,000 for one TikTok. And this was like a package for 1000 And I just thought- If I had 1.5 million followers on TikTok and someone was like, do you want to work with you? I'd be like, yeah, it's 55 grand. Yeah. Like at least. Yeah. Because, and any creators listening, like you are worth it based on- the size and the quality of your product. Like, sure, we don't run lots of ads and all that on My Millennial Money because I'm of the view, if you don't want to pay premium, I don't want to spam my audience. But when we do have an ad, we know that they're, like you listeners, they've actually valued you as an audience and are willing to pay. Yeah. And that's why we'll work with them. But as an ecosystem, we need to know our worth. And I've just got the view, like, I gave up, so much to invest in to build my platform. Mm-hmm. If you want to walk in and spam your crap, you mm. can pay for it. Mm. Like, but it's just weird, Matt. Like, but also if you're a brand listening with respect, value the influencers. Yeah. And don't just go this, we need to get the brand out there for the lowest cost. Because the problem is, particularly in Australia, it's a very small influencer world, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And like even the handful of money podcasts, like brands, they will always try and shake me down. They're like, oh, we're already, we're already talking with uh, Victoria. She's on the money and Bryce at Equity Mates. I'm like, yeah, that's sweet. You can use them if you want. Yeah. This is my fee. And that's, the, you have to like- Don't shake me down. You have to put your foot down and be like, well, this is me. The thing is like, there are people, uh, th- there are people that I'm friends with. There are people that my agency manages who have much bigger numbers than me, but what all of them say every single time is, wow, your audience on the percentage of like return or like the, you know, like my analytics always, always will be higher in percentage than people with a million followers because I have a community who actually, cause of that whole, I would never promote something that I don't truly believe in. My audience know that. And I've never once promoted something that isn't aligned with me. Mm. Um, and so they know that. So they know that if I, I'm working with a brand. They know that they can trust. And I also am very honest about what I, uh, what I promote. Like if I haven't tried something, like it'll be a first, it'll be a taste test. Mm. And I say to the brand, if I don't like it, that Mm. is what I will say. Totally. And I, I say to the brand, you have to agree to let me, because obviously the way that it works is they reach out, they get your rates, and then they approve a concept. And if I haven't tried the product before, but I've, I'm like, okay, I'm willing to give it a go, it'll be like, okay, well, it'll be, a, it'll be a taste test or it'll be a trial or whatever. And I have to say to the brand or my management says to the brand, if I do not enjoy the product, I will be saying that. And they have to agree on that before we even sign a contract because if I then go and create that and do the work and then they say, oh, no, we don't want that going out because you said this, that and everything. Like, I can't, I have to have that security. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like, it's good that you're like that because you're honest and transparent. Yeah. I will say, though, just recently I had a a, uh, a moment where I was like, I, I, I've never had this but I had this moment where I was like, Jesus, do I just, 
do I just sell out for this one campaign? Because uh, this brand reached out to me and I've worked with them before, loved their products, but what they wanted was they had a new product, which I hadn't tried. And um, because of the new consumer laws from the TGA or whatever yes, it is, yes. you can't be seen like consuming a product or anything yeah. like that. And so to combat that, they were like, we will just, uh, we have a photo that we would like you to post to your feed and we have a caption that we have written. Now, the photo didn't have me in it. It was just like a, it was one you'd see on a bus stop, basically. It's just like a, a an advertisement, a mm. full-on advertisement with a caption. And um, they were going to pay like up to 30 grand for it. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like I would really, really, really love to do that. But at the end of the day, I just... I just couldn't like, and I thought about it. I thought well, that, about I, it. I've been the same. It's like, cause I'm not allergic to money. Like the next person. right? And easy money's good, but at what cost? Exactly. And that's what I thought. I thought this, first of all, is not worth that for them, which usually I don't, you know, you don't care about, but at the end of the day, I was like, they are, are not going to get something worthwhile here because no one's going to interact with this post. It's not going to go very well. Yeah. And um, I was just thinking like, it's uh, at the end of the day, I've never, ever done that. So like, I wasn't going to start even though that was. But the, the thing is, I'm just, I'm just packing up while we're talking. Like the, um, it's just hard. Like if you did something just for the money, it's hard to turn away that perception. Yeah. Like, and well, that's the thing. If you do it once, do you do it again? Yeah. And at, at what point do you, and because like, I personally hate ads and to the point where I, I said to our Facebook group a couple of months ago, I'm like, Hey guys, would any of you want to just pay a monthly subscription to have my millennial money without ads, without show partners and all that stuff? You know, 98% of people were like, no. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So they've given me permission to, you know, make revenue and pay the staff Yeah, and they they're, they're happy with it. And that's why, like, if someone wants to pay us, you know, significant money and a good investment, like Tal, our show partner on Tuesdays, I give them a burned-in bespoke shout-out every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, if you pay my premium fee, you'll get a bespoke premium offering mm-hmm. that is not just a quick-cutter, like, we've done campaigns, you know, pre-roll and mid-roll ads, where if someone's paying for dynamic ads... I'll do five or six different versions of the ad. Yeah. So the listeners aren't getting the same ad. Yeah. So it's that whole thing. It's like you, you, you'll pay premium to advertise in the My Millennial world, but you'll get a premium output. Yeah. And not every brand wants the premium output. It's just the CPM. You know, some of these podcasts, like they're like, oh yeah, we, it's an $18 CPM. And I'm like, I'm not, no. We're $120 per thousand impressions. Yeah, <laughs> like, wow. It's this race at the bottom mm. and I don't want a part of it because I, I don't want to spam the audience. I want to provide a good income for the five team members and I make no apologies for making money. Yeah. And yeah, it's wild. And if you are a you know an up and coming influencer or a, a business of sort, you really have to, and this is where it goes into like making sure that you're, you're, you know, it'd be harder for you if you were in debt and had all these repayments 
you'd be taking like because there's nothing worse than worse than the stench of desperation, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in any area of life, yeah. <laughs> whether you're buying a new car on a first date or <laughs> trying to sell something, yeah. Desperation, it's a horrendous smell, yeah, and it leads to weird scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. See ya. Oh, we just ended it like that. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to add anything else after my tirade? Um, not really. I just think if you are, if someone is listening who is doing this or maybe they run a brand Instagram or maybe they, you know, I don't really know. But the point is like, I think that the the reason my audience respects my ads so much and when I do do sponsored content, it's not only about like being honest and only doing, you know, working with brands that I actually love. Um, but it's about like putting out enough not sponsored content as well which I know you do and th- having things like the Facebook group and whatnot, where people are always in- engaged and, you know, you're always giving things to your audience for free. Mm. Like when you look at my content, like 95% of my content is free. Mm. So I don't have anyone get upset about ads because I'm giving enough free content That's right. that they don't get sick of it. And I think as well, like, you know, cause I've got a lot of brands and agencies that listen to this crap. Like I don't like make no mistake. I value you and appreciate you. All I'm saying is, this is an ecosystem and we know a true ecosystem works best when every component flourishes yeah. and does the best that they can do. Yeah. So, you know, if you're knocking down my door and going, oh, hey, Glenn, we've got a budget of $300. Can we do a bespoke program? It's like, well, no, I'm really sorry. You're either really tight or cheap or yeah. you just don't have the budget. Yeah. Like either one's okay. Yeah. But just this is not how we operate here. No. And that's why, you know, we, we do need national brands because they've got the budget yeah. and they've got the distribution of product as well. Yeah. So, yes. See ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 